Welcome to the Chatting with Ingram Sousa podcast. I'm Philip Ingram. This is episode 16. And today I'm talking to Kenny Long from Digital Barriers. Now, Kenny's got a very interesting past. So warning, you might actually learn something. Morning, Kenny. How are you? Very well. Are you, Philip? Yeah, not so bad. It's nice and sunny outside. And um, once again, I'm uh, locked in the house. It's great. But uh, I, under- I understand you're, you're, lo- you're locked somewhere else at the moment. Yeah, I'm currently locked away in my caravan um, because I've chose to self-isolate because uh, what Digital Barriers is doing is a lot of work with hospitals. So um, I'm trying to go to the hospitals myself with our engineers to get the technology installed uh, at a faster pace rather than uh, taking a little bit longer because obviously numbers are down at the moment. So Yeah, so it, it's fantastic what the health service are doing and anyone who's supporting it. You know, what are Digital Barriers providing into the hospitals at the moment? Yeah, so it's our fever detection uh, scanners. They're, uh, they're, they're fantastic bit of equipment. But like I was saying, the, the only reason why I'm self-isolating because I want to help them get into the NHS a bit quicker. But it's a fantastic bit of kit. It's uh, scanning staff and uh, people as they come to the hospitals. So helping to keep the, the hospitals uh, an awful lot safer. Are you getting a good uptake for the, for the tech? Yeah, it's, it's going very well. What, what actually warms my heart is every time I do go into the hospital with the kit, you can see the nurses' reactions to say, oh, thank goodness, they're bringing something in to help us out because they're, they're doing so much. What a fantastic job they're doing already. But I, I feel like if we can just alleviate a little bit of that stress from them, it's, it's worth doing. So Yeah, you know, I under, understand completely. So you've only recently come into Digital Barriers. Um, before that, you were what was called a super recognizer. Um, can you tell those that are watching this what a super recognizer is? Yeah, certainly. So a super recognizer is someone with an innate ability to recognize faces over it could be long periods of time, short periods of time. So I first started doing it in Scotland Yard uh, with our then DCI Mick Neville, who started unit at Scotland Yard. Yeah, I, I remember Mick well. It, it was a sort of a natural flow across. You were um, a human automatic facial recognition um, device that, that's out there. And now Digital Barriers are one of the world's leading companies in producing automatic facial recognition capability. Was that a natural move across? Yeah, it was. Well, the CEO, Zach um, Stack, noticed that they've got a fantastic technology and what better way to showcase the technology than bring in a human who works hand in hand with the technology. So um, it's a fantastic move by them and it's, uh, it's working very well. And you, we hear a lot of controversy about um, facial recognition technology, its use and uh, able to surveil crowds of people and then automatically arrest them and take them away. Um, the complete myth around a lot of it, isn't, is, is there not? No, certainly. So I always stick to this acronym. What I sort of nick my, most of it from when I was my, uh, the police. But, um, I say plant. So whenever you deploy facial recognition, it should be proportionate, legal, accountable, necessary, but most important, transparency. And uh, the whole point of a human who's been trained to work with the system uh, makes it uh, totally transparent by the fact that you say, why are you deploying? Okay, we're deploying because we've had a lot of crime in this area. How are you doing it? But what you've got to understand is the people deploying it need to know the limitations of the system. So, for example, if you insert a poor probe image into the system, or sorry, a poor image into the system, you're going to have a lot more false positives come back. For example, as a super recognizer, if you gave me a very blurry image and I went into the crowd to go and try and identify that person, it'd be a lot harder than if you gave me a very clear image. So the better image you put into the system, the better results you're going to get. So that's what people don't really understand. You've got to understand how facial recognition works uh, make sure it's set up correctly and insert the right sort of images and set the right parameters. And, and with the facial recognition, there's always a human in the loop making a decision. So it's not a system automatically saying that individual's a criminal, uh, go and arrest them. No, definitely. That's what a lot of people don't get. So that's why I said it's very, very important to have a trained operator working with the systems. 
because you don't want someone with prosopagnosia looking at the returned watch list and saying, oh, that's the same person because prosopagnosia is basically face blindness. So they might be able to say if that's the same person or not. That's why it's so important. If the system does send back a match, you've got a trained operator looking at it. Yeah, it is the same person. Then you can go and deal with it because you're never going to send a computer to go to court to testify it's the same person. It's not the computer that makes the decision. As you well know, it's the human. Yeah, so all, all these statistics that are out there about the facial recognition software uh, or capabilities that the Metropolitan Police have got and other police force have got being wrong 80 plus percent of the time is just completely wrong because false positives are weeded out by a trained operator. Exactly, and what people have to understand is you'll set different parameters for what operation you're doing. So for example, if you're doing a counter-terror operation and you're trying to get a terrorist and you, you cannot miss that person, you'll slit the parameters slightly wider so you'll stop people that look slightly similar to that person because you cannot miss them. But if you're only trying to stop a shoplifter, how can you justify setting the parameters so wide that you can stop people similar to them? You can't. So you'll set the parameters really, really low, and that means you'll only ever stop that person. Yeah, so as, as you say, it's proportionality. But the, the, the um, quality of the equipment and uh, the software that you've got is really critical in being able to capture the images in the first place and then properly process them. Um, digital Barriers is one of the world-leading companies providing that capability. What is it about the Digital Barriers capability that makes it stand out above the rest? So this is what made me very excited about Digital Barriers because it's not just the fact that they've got um, a fantastic algorithm, which is all theirs, et cetera. What, what gets me very excited is the, the whole network system. So we've got an app called Smart Biz Face, which is a mobile app that can then link up to, say for example, the police have deployed a CCTV van. So that means rather than just having someone watching all the images coming past the van, they've actually got the officers on the ground with the mobile app as well. So if they stop someone, they can then confirm it straight away then, is that the same person? It's all in the same network. And you know, is it, you, because you're doing it on the ground, is it as unreliable as the press are making out? Or does it depend on how it's been deployed, uh, who's manufactured the equipment? Uh, we've already discussed who's analysing it and, and all the rest of it. it why, why has facial recognition capability got such bad press at the moment? I, I, I think all it is, is sometimes people have to look at, look at the whole picture. So yes, it's got a lot to do with how good the technology is, but you've got to understand that it's how you deploy the technology. It's got to be set up correctly. For example, lighting can play a big part of it. Then obviously knowing the limitations to the system, uploading the images again, because like I was saying, the amount of times that people have come to me and said, is this image good enough to upload to facial recognition? I'll say to them, you can upload it, but it's a very poor image. So what you're going to do, you're going to get a lot of false positives. If you upload a very good image, yes. So people really need to understand that. It's so, so important. So moving back from uh, facial recognition software to what Digital Barriers are doing for the NHS at the moment, um, your thermal camera capability is, is something that you've had, for, you've had for a while, but you're now getting it out into uh, NHS hospitals. Is it the NHS Nightingale hospitals or, or where are you deploying it? I, I, won't, I won't mention the hospitals as of yet, which, which ones we've deployed it to, because I don't want to um, overstep the mark, etc. But... Yeah, we've, we've, uh, I've, I've been on wards myself recently with the kit and um, it's, it's, just, it's just such a relief to see the, the nurses' faces when they can see we've come onto the ward with this kit, they can see it working and they can see the hospitals are trying to do all they can keep their staff and the, and the patients safe. It's just an extra level of protection for them and a peace of mind for them really when they're working in such stressful uh, situations. 
which I certainly couldn't do. We've, we've both been in uh, very demanding jobs in the past, and to be honest, what they're doing is absolutely incredible. Well, Kenny, you know, what Digital Barriers is doing in supporting our heroes in the NHS at, the, at this um, really strange time that we're in is absolutely fantastic. But, but amongst, uh, amongst the innovation, and it's good to see you know, the, the amount of innovation that's coming out of Digital Barriers, I, I wouldn't have expected anything different from the team that's there. Um, there, there. There seems to be an awful lot of companies that are doing what I call um, imitating an ostrich, um, and they're just sticking their heads in the sand, and they've got their asses in the air. Um, and it's, it's, it's not good. They're, they're, they're the ones that are probably going to fail. It's sad, and to be quite honest, I can't, because I don't have a company myself, I can't say what I do, but to be quite honest, I can see what digital barriers have done. I think it's because they've got such a strong leadership team, that they've said, no, we're not going to furlough our staff. What we're going to do, we're going to work harder, we're going to make stuff that can actually get us through this period, actually help people at the same time yeah and then companies are going to come out much stronger the other end and um you know that's what uh, the country needs and uh, that's what um uh, the employees need as well uh, the, the the country needs um, tax to be going back into the system to pay for everything that's going on at the moment uh, and there, there are real opportunities and taking those opportunities or not um, exploiting the situation. It's actually, you know, as, as you're quite clearly doing, you're helping deal with the situation in, in, in as pragmatic a way as possible. Well, that, that's, that's one thing that is, uh, that's quite saddened, actually, because um, I've, I've noticed a lot of companies have um, brought out some very, very shoddy products to try and quickly push them out there. Yeah. To try and make a quick, quick buck. And that, that is actually getting to me quite a bit because you, you look on the news and you see Captain Tom Moore, doing the walks up his garden, you see all these teachers doing great things, even the retail staff. Every time I go to Tesco now, I, I literally almost break down a little bit now because people don't realise that they, there's people's nans there, aunties there, brothers there. They're working there day, in, day and night, like all the NHS staff as well. They're, they're working very hard in hard situations and uh, they're, they're getting a lot of abuse still. Oh, and, and the retail staff uh, are coming in contact with more people than a lot of the NHS staff and they don't have any PPE. Um, it's um, a, a very dangerous uh, role to be in at the moment, I think. Well, it's, it's really scary. I actually had to step in at um, one of our Tesco's because there was this guy um, really, really going, this little, little old lady who's actually working at Tesco's and saying, I, I want four tins of this. Why can't I have four tins? Obviously, it's not them that set the uh, parameters yep. to find the amount of stuff. But that's why it's quite lucky. We're, we're providing our, um, our live stream and body-worn cameras in now to go and support the retail staff because if they are in trouble, they can live stream straight to the control room, the audio and visual. Well, that, yeah, that's that's the uh, the, the retail um, stores that actually have control rooms and and uh, sensible CCTV and, and security. There's there's some um, that don't have anything whatsoever, which is which is a real shame. That uh, is. So so what what else is digital barriers providing? You've got your thermal camera capability. You've got your um, facial recognition capability. Uh, you've got your body worn um, uh, camera capability. What what else is out there in the market at the moment? So so we've got this. Uh, it's called Safe Zone. So. It's about crowd monitoring. So if, uh, if you've got one of our cameras up or got a camera up, we can then um, put our analytics into it. And what you can see is if a crowd of more than three people gather into one area, it will send an alert through to either your control room, it can send it through to a mobile phone, and you can actually live view and uh, see exactly what's going on there. And then you can send the appropriate response to go and deal with certain groups. But the reason I like this as well is from my policing background, I'm saying, well, this is great for lockdown now because you can set times. Because I know in France at the moment, I believe uh, between you can only go exercising between five and seven in the morning or something. So they want people yep. at night. So you can set the times on it, which is fantastic. What I'm seeing, and when I'm speaking to police forces, etc., is a user case for afterwards. So again, especially in places like London, if you have a technology like this, they have a lot of pr protests and a lot of uh, a lot of protests every every year. 
So I'm saying, what a great technology, because if you've got a massive control room with about 100 cameras in, which most of the big ones do have, mm -hmm. get people start to gather. They can then look at that camera and direct uh, resources over to that area, which makes a lot yeah. The, 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 the automation of everything is, is fantastic, but um, we, we keep coming up with the, um, we're moving into a, 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 a surveillance, surveillance controlled big brother looking uh, down at all of us. Um, again, there's, there's a lot of mechanisms in place, checks and balances in place to make sure that it's only being done in a proportional way, is it not? No, definitely. I, I, I totally agree. Um, and that's why you've got to have the right people and always have a human uh, working with the technology. So I can't see any of our technologies where you wouldn't have a human involved in it, because if there's an alert, a human has to react to that or they can just stop it. Um, again, if there's facial recognition, use a human for the matching. If you've got a body worn camera. So, for example, we, we deploy them at football clubs. What they do now is whenever they eject someone from the stadium, they have the live stream turned on. So that means all the police in the control room and seeing here everything that's happening so that's protecting that staff that's protecting that member of the public but then it's dealt with straight away there and then but there's always humans involved that's the most important part of the technology there which is a tool and that's what i say to everyone whatever tool it is it could be face recognition it's a tool live streaming body camera it's a tool everything is a tool but you always need the human operators to work with it yeah and it, it's there to protect not just the security staff but to protect the um the, the public as well and the data and the data is only held for as long as it needs to be held and then i'm sure is deleted oh definitely that's that's 100 100 uh, right you've, you've got to be very careful with gdpr very careful with data protection and they're uh, very careful with looking after your data especially with watch lists, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, with digital barriers and digital barriers technology, I think your CEO, Zach Doffman, knows more than most about all the rules and regulations and um, make it, making sure that they're properly applied. I'll, t I'll tell you what, Zach's an absolute diamond when it comes to that sort of stuff because he researches it more than me. I thought I'd do it a lot, but I, I go on the internet daily to research all the updates. But Zach always beats me to the punch. I'll go text with him saying, Ken, have you seen this update? I'm like, okay, Zach, you beat me again. It's a 15-0 now, so... <laughs> well, with with the admission that Zach's beating you to the punch at every time, um, I think that's probably a, a, a good point to stop. Kenny, it's been a real pleasure talking to you on the With Ingram podcast series this morning. Now you too, Philip. Thank you very much.